Welcome to Realign With Your Purpose. My name is Josie Smith, and my purpose here is to help you reconnect with yourself so you can realign with your purpose and reignite your dreams. I'm a mindset and strategy success coach for ambitious, growth-obsessed women just like you who want to identify and break through the roadblocks that are holding you back from reaching your next big up level, whether that's in life, in your relationships, in your career, or in your business, and equipping you with the tools you need to step into your most powerful, most aligned, up-leveled self. I'm here to show you that building the dream life is possible for anyone who's willing to put in the work and invest in themselves. This podcast is all about the real, the fun, the hard, the beautiful, and the challenging parts of life as an entrepreneur, building businesses, cultivating healthy relationships, and diving headfirst into the mindset work necessary to make all of this a reality. As a quick side note, I want to let you know, you're going to hear some spicy language in some of these episodes. So if you have small kids around and that bothers you, go ahead and grab your headphones before we get started, because we're digging into all of it and we're not holding back. Are you ready? Let's do it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Realign With Your Purpose. Today on the podcast, I am talking to my new friend, Jordan Nolan, and I just love this conversation so much. Jordan is a breathwork facilitator and a retreat host and mentor. She also loves taking people on adventures, and I'm talking legit adventures. Like recently on her Instagram, I saw her hugging elephants. Right off the bat in this conversation, we talk a lot about breathwork, what it is, how it works, the power behind it. We talk about how important it is to find the right support when you're working through anything. We talk about the different types of retreats that she and her partner host every single year. And I'm not even joking. I literally want to go to every single one of them. And if I'm not able to go to all of them in 2024, you better believe in 2025, I am hitting every single one. She talks about how she takes an energetic inventory at the end of every month, which is similar to the end of month audit I do myself every month that I know I've talked about here on the podcast about a gazillion times, except energetic inventory sounds way cooler than an end of month audit. So I'm probably going to have to just change the name of what I call mine. (laughs) Anyway, I know I've told you guys this before, but seriously, my favorite part about having a podcast is getting to make friends with people like Jordan, like shooting somebody a DM on Instagram and asking them if they want to be on my podcast is like my equivalent of walking up to another kid at the playground when you're four and asking if they want to be your friend. And you guys, I'm obsessed with Jordan. She's so cool. She's super badass. She's an Enneagram 8 like me. She's made some seriously bold moves in her life to bring her to the place she's at today where she has this amazing relationship with her partner. She has this incredible business that changes people's lives. And she's she's living life on her terms 
doing the things that she wants to do, the things that her nervous system craves and the things that that bring her joy and fulfillment. Her story is going to inspire you. You're probably going to learn some new things and you might even be challenged to look at the ways in your life where you might be settling for less than you deserve. So enough of me rambling here in the intro. Let's get into this incredible conversation with my friend, Jordan Nolan. Jordan, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited for this conversation today. I just cannot wait to see where we take this and where we go and what we dig into because I have a feeling it is going to be super, super juicy. So, uh, yes, I'm so <laughs> excited. <laughs> yes. You're like my third I, person this week that I'm talking to that's an Enneagram 8 and I love it. <laughs> it's I like love the this. best it's energy. So <laughs> Truly, it's like that fire like freaking just full send energy. Yes, and you don't have to hold back and you know the other person can handle whatever it is that's coming at them and like nothing nothing rattles us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You get it. And it's wild how like when you're in this energy like this is the energy that we exist within because it is who we are. And we're doing things like breath work and yoga and all of these like somatic things. That's so, it, it seems so contradictory to yeah. like who we are, but like we do it because we need it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so fun to play in the other, and the other energies. Like I've always lived so much in like masculine energy, just naturally being an eight, it's like, uh, and like take action and like fuck it up energy. And I think people love being in that energy probably from us, Yeah, but you're right. It's like, and then leading breath work, I get to bring in my feminine. And it's so fun because that it really regulates my nervous system getting to lead when I'm in my feminine. Yeah. 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 I learned that a lot over the past like year. Totally. It's been wild. <laughs> All right. Can you just tell everybody like who you are, what you do, and maybe a little bit about kind of how you got here? Yeah, that's well, that's a loaded question, but I'll, I'll do my best <laughs> to, give it, to give it justice. I feel like I wear 5,000 hats these days. I am a breathwork facilitator, retreat host, and retreat mentor, but I do a million different things. I also take people on adventure tours because I'm a major, major adventure junkie. And I can just nerd out on anything, chakras, energy, nervous system regulation all day long. I honestly don't know how we actually found each other, but I'm so glad we connected and ended up in each other's worlds. I think it was through Katie Saltzman, really. It was, yes. I, I actually heard you on Katie's podcast. Oh. And yeah. I was like, oh, this chick is cool. I need to follow her. And then all of a sudden you're leading breath work in her community. And I'm like, oh, I recognize her. <laughs> so funny. It's funny because Katie and I had similar stories at the beginning. And you kind of asked like how I got here. It's so funny because I think we always are like the coach or the mentor that we needed. And we become that like for ourselves, And then we end up maybe stepping into that for like our clients. So for me, I was actually in the medical field for six years. And I was like, this is insane. Like people are stressed out all the time. I'm stressed out. COVID hit. And I was like, I'm just going to say F it and like throw my hands in the air and go all in. I had no freaking plan, like literally at all when I became a nutrition and fitness coach. And I did that for two years, but I'm sure you've seen this. It's like 
that's not really like the thing. Like, of course our health matters, but it was so much deeper than that. And I had never done nervous system regulation for myself. So when I started learning about breathwork, I was like, oh my God, like the entire world needs to know about this. So again, I burnt down my entire life and business in 2021 and stepped into becoming a breathwork facilitator. And I went through like a six month trauma-informed training um, to be able to lead breathwork in the way that I wanted and the way that I received it. Uh, So it's wild. I feel like I've done three lifetimes at least worth of things in this short 33 years I've had on this earth. What was it that initially like brought breathwork into your kind of into your awareness or into your world? Like how did you even become aware of it? Oh my gosh. Well, first off, the when I was introduced to it at first, so if anyone else is listening to this and you're like, this is totally me. When I was first introduced, I was like, this is literally bullshit. Like this is woo woo. <laughs> I have like a Christian background, even though I'm not a typical Christian because I'm with a woman and I'm Republican and like all these other weird things where people are like, oh my God, you can't be this. <laughs> um, but when I was first introduced to it, my now fiance it was my life coach. And so she would do like breath work in our group calls since I was in a group program to do a retreat with her. And she would like lead it. And I just kind of laid there, you know, like I was doing a meditation and I was like, this is so like, I don't know if this makes sense. Like I would just, you know, and being an Enneagram 8 2 and a Capricorn, I'm like, I got to work. I got to do this. I got to do that. So I would just lay there and I would get so defeated and so pissed that like, I couldn't turn my mind off. And I always thought I'm doing it wrong. And I was hard on myself. And I'm like, why would anyone want to do this? I just feel like shit about myself (laughs) when I I try to relax and shut my mind off. Um, But to be honest, I think I was just really close-minded. So that was my first introduction to it. And I think it coming from someone who at the time, she was just my coach. She wasn't like, we weren't together. And I respected her, but I just didn't know enough about the science behind it and how powerful it was. And I've done, I had done talk therapy and I had done all these other modalities and they didn't work. So I was like, why would this be any different? And I was very skeptical. And then my first like real, like in-person experience was at Breathfest in San Diego. It's a huge breathwork event that Sam Skelly, she's my mentor um, that she put on. And I remember laying there and there was probably a hundred people and everyone's screaming, crying, laughing, like shaking. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Like, this is nuts, but it was so beautiful. And I just started sobbing because it was the first moment that I had like ever been in my body and felt what it feel like to, to feel sensations and emotions that I had ignored or suppressed, or like I would get embarrassed to be vulnerable. You know, that's an Enneagram. Yes, it is. (laughs) So I just stuffed so much down. And when I experienced it the right way, quote unquote, and like really surrendered to it and let myself have the experience, I was like, oh my God, everyone has to know about it. And that's when it changed for me. And it became like a regular part of my practice. And that was about two years ago, maybe two and a half. I, I, relate so much to so much of what you've said, but I haven't gotten into as much of the breathwork side of it as you have. And so I'm super curious about all of it. I've done a couple of sessions, um, but I haven't like dove super deep into it. For me, my sort of journey was number one, just sort of trying to get out of my own head and and doing the inner child work and reconnecting with myself. Mm-hmm. And then 
my coach telling me to try yoga. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, I thought it was crazy. Like I thought it was the stupidest thing I ever heard of. Like, why would I do this? It's not like, what is the point? It looks so boring. Yeah. And my first time of like getting into a yoga studio and doing yoga, like that felt super vulnerable to me because I had no idea what I was doing. And, and yeah. I don't like to be in a room full of people where like, I know less than everybody else. <laughs> yes. That's like the worst thing for an Enneagram eight, I feel like. awful. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm doing this practice and I'm like moving my body and breathe and like breathing with the movements. And it was a vinyasa practice. So it's like one breath, one movement. So you're syncing your movements with your breath. And then at the end, you're lying in Shavasana and you're just lying there. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm just like, tears are just pouring out of my eyes. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what is this? Where is this coming from? Like, I had no conscious awareness of what was happening or why, but I just, I just let it happen, which for one was super out of character for me. That's not something I would normally let happen in a room full of strangers, but Mm -hmm. I'm just lying there crying and I have no idea why. And I feel like just the power of, the movement and the breath, like how it opens things up that aren't even in your conscious awareness. Yeah. Like there's so many different modalities that you can use to get into that. But talk to us about like how powerful the breathwork piece is and allowing us to unlock those pieces. Because when I was sort of trying to get into connecting with my inner child. Like I'm a very cognitive person. I'm in my head a lot and connecting kind of like below the neck (laughs) is very, very challenging. Mm -hmm. And I have clients ask me sometimes, like when I'm trying to walk them through this inner child journey, like how do I even get connected? Mm. And there's ways that we can do it, but I feel like the breath work allows you to connect so much faster Mm-hmm. Because it it bypasses sort of this conscious awareness and it gets right into the core. Truly. Well, one, I'm so glad you said that because it normalizes like that sometimes there's this like stigma around breath or around feeling or like whatever it is. But there's three like main modalities, obviously, and I know you know this, but to move energy and that's going to be the breath, the movement and sound. And so with like the somatic breath work that I lead, since there's so many different types and I'll kind of break that down a little bit, but basically I incorporate all three of those. So the sound frequencies can activate emotions to have a release and get us in our body. And then the movement like people do in yoga or like the kind of movement that I will add in during breath is more like shaking so that the energy or the tingliness can come out if it comes up. Um, or sometimes I do have clients that will move into like a yoga pose But the breath that I use, so breath in yoga is more pranayama. So that's going to be like more mindful breathing to release stress and anxiety, which is beautiful. And you can have a really, a really cathartic release in yoga. That's why it can be so emotional for people. And like you said, you're like, what the hell? Like, I didn't expect this. Um, But with somatic breath work, Imagine like you go to a therapist and you talk for for years, which by the way, I'm not knocking because I go to therapy and I think therapy is really important, but there's a difference between talk therapy and somatic therapy and a somatic approach. And so soma means body and somatic. This is why it's important. 
So when I would go to a therapist and it was just a talk therapist, I'm just talking, talking. And I'm like, how can I still be focusing on the same shit for five years? And I would get so angry, but with breath, like you said, it truly collapses time. We're, we're going away from like the conscious and having to think through what we're wanting to overcome. And instead we get to drop into our body super quick, as long as there's safety. So I always establish like a meditation at the beginning to drop into your body and to feel safe before we go into the breath, because you're going to have a 10 times bigger and better breakthrough, but you don't have to relive the memory. So that's the difference, the difference with like EMDR or with, um, therapy, we often have to relive the memory or talk through it. And even like with Parts work or inner child healing, which is beautiful. But sometimes if we can do breath before that, then we can drop into our body and not try to think our way through because most people try to think logically or from like our reptilian brain, if you will, instead of coming at it from the body and letting the body speak. And that I think is like the hardest thing for people is we just were never trained growing up. Like, I don't know about you, but I didn't learn about breath work till I was 28. And I was so angry. I'm like, how in the hell did I never know about this my entire life? And it is the most powerful modality that has healed more wounds in me and trauma that I didn't even know existed. And I'll also add, cause you named that you would like cried in yoga and you had no idea why. That's another reason breath work is so insanely powerful is there's, there's no story or attachment or meaning that needs to go with the emotion that you release. So if I sob all the time during breath, but I don't actually know why I'm crying. And I think we're not meant to know because it's from the subconscious. If we're not meant to know what we're processing. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I love that. And I, I, I never really thought about it in that way, but that makes sense because like our bodies store memories, they store experiences, they store all sorts of things that we don't have a conscious awareness around. And yet they control our subconscious. Yeah. And if we don't have a conscious awareness around it, and yet they're controlling our subconscious, why wouldn't we be able to release them, you know, at the subconscious level without needing to necessarily have that conscious awareness of, of what it is? I think this is why people stay stuck in patterns. They stay stuck in habits or they just stay stuck in life in general is because they don't know how to get out of it. It just feels like either A, we're t- they're tired of talking about it or B, they feel like they're never going to overcome it. And that's truly why like to just condense the power of breath work, like you can move through any limiting belief, any trauma, any fear with no words and just a breath pattern. And then you literally sometimes have no memory. Like I have a lot of clients that will fall asleep during breath, which you still do tons of healing. And usually when you fall into a deep sleep, it actually means that whatever you're breathing through is so like heavy, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. that your body doesn't need to like be awake for it. Like it it goes to sleep because it processes and you move through something really deep without any awareness at all. It's Hmm. super wild. That's crazy. When I first started hearing about breath work, just as a standalone kind of modality here, it it felt very woo. And yeah. like, I like to understand things at a cognitive level. It's really hard for me. Like I, I can get very woo, but in order for me to get there, I have to have an understanding at sort of a cognitive level of like how this actually works. Mm-hmm. Is there... Is there a way to explain kind of how this actually 
works at like a physical or physiological level to kind of take a little bit of the woo out of it for people who might be a little bit more like me and have a hard time like jumping directly to the woo. Yeah. So I always explain it. Well, I'll give you a few scenarios. So I always explain it like breathwork to me is kind of like faith. It's like blind. It's like magic to me. Like you have to experience it to to understand it because it's so hard to describe the feeling because I was that person. I didn't like, I was so skeptical about it. So I just always encourage people to leap in to try it. But from a science standpoint, we're essentially consciously choosing to activate the nervous system. So like normally, right? It's like fight or flight. We don't want to be in fight or flight. Like we don't want to activate our nervous system. But this is different because you're you're choosing to activate your nervous system. Like you're actually choosing to do this for a healing modality. So when you start breathing, and I'll just give an example, like it's called the halo active pattern. So it's one inhale through the nose, one exhale through the mouth. And if you stay in that pattern for nine minutes or longer, you can have a huge breakthrough because it's activating your vagus nerve and your body just starts to kind of send off. Like, you know, if you were to, I'm trying to think of like the best way, like a bunch of like signs and symptoms will start to leave your body. So for what it can look like from a symptom standpoint, when you're breathing is you can get really hot or really cold. You can start shaking. Some people get what's called tetany when they breathe, which is like the cramping in the hands or what I call like the butthole lips where your lips <laughs> like really pucker or your feet. And when that happens, like you just want to come out of the breath and go back in, but your body can have, or emotions will just start randomly happening. Like sometimes you'll just die laughing and it's like uncontrollable. So all of these symptoms, it's just your body that's like overwhelmed, but in the most beautiful way, because the nervous system is so activated. Like think of a a kettle that's getting ready to boil over and, and it just starts releasing that steam. So the steam starts coming out of any part of your body that it can like, um, hopefully that visual like makes sense. So whatever way your body feels safe to release. And it could be different every time. Every breathwork session is going to be different depending on your level of safety and a bunch of different things. So that does that kind of make sense on like yeah. from, from a science standpoint, you're just basically consciously activating the nervous system. And once it gets activated, kind of like, you know, I guess, if you've never smoked weed, then like, I don't, I don't on a regular basis, not knocking, (laughs) but like, basically it kind of gives you this euphoric high. And like, I always tell people like, you truly are your own drug, like your own medicine. Like you literally get high on your own breath. And that's when like your mind shuts off. Like there's no thinking that can happen. And so with the meditation, that's why I never was good at meditating because in meditating, I can think the entire time. And to me, it's a little bit more mindset-y and a little bit more like NLP, which is like neural Mm -hmm. programming. And so that's more from like here up, but with the breath, like you literally can't think if you're, if you're following the breath through your body. And I always tell people like, pretend you're like, flying over yourself, like watching the breath move and fill your belly and then tracing up into the lungs and then coming out. And when you do that, you physically, like you cannot think at the same time. And so you drift off into not really, some people do drift off into a deep sleep, but you kind of just drift off into the subconscious and you're in your body, but you're not remembering everything that's happening 
And so sometimes that's why when people finish breath, they're like, uh, 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 and they literally can't even put into words what just happened. And it's because the effects of breath work for almost 24 hours linger. So different emotions can drop in, um, different clarity, intuition, huge breakthroughs. You can feel lighter physically. You can actually lose weight. Like if you're holding emotional weight, sometimes I'll have clients lose weight for like so much can happen within that 24 hours. And I know this still maybe sounds a little woo. So it's truly one of those things that you just have to, like if you're ready for a change and ready for something different, like you just get a surrender and, and, and be in it um, is like my best way to really explain that. Yeah. So when you work with people like one-on-one or in groups, is there a is there sort of a different energy involved if you're doing a, a one-on-one session with somebody as opposed to a group session with somebody? Like, does the energy of the group sort of affect the group? Yeah, totally. I love that question. No one's ever asked me that before. That's a great question. <laughs> so, well, one... If it's online or if it's um, in person, to me, there's no difference there because energy is energy. And I, you will have just as good of a breakthrough in person or online. However, the only difference there is the touch. I have to guide you through more of your own touch. And if you're not as in tune with your body, then I have to do more energy work on you. And a lot of people like that in person that I do hands-on energy work and touch. And so sometimes they have a bigger release. Now, as far as groups or one-on-one, so it depends. One-on-one can be really vulnerable for people because it's literally just me and you. And you're just like, it's kind of like a full send. And I meet you where you're at though. Um, But you're only feeling into your energy and I'm kind of reciprocating like mine into you. So I do a big clearing before I ever lead someone and breath. So you can kind of feel into my heart. So the only energy you really feel is yours and mine. Now in a group, I guess the biggest difference is you can feel other people's energy. So what I notice the most is the people that struggle to express themselves or you get nervous if somebody can hear you breathe or you get nervous if somebody hears you cry or you get nervous if somebody hears you laugh, like whatever it is, those people usually struggle the most. I was one of them because you hold yourself in and then you're just blocking your energy channels and robbing yourself of the experience. And so you become sensitive or people that are big empaths. This doesn't mean you can't do it. I actually say like desensitize yourself, like put yourself in that environment and try both to push your edge, but you do feel everybody else's energy in the room. Now I have people lay and most facilitators should do this, but if people only went through weekend or one day trainings, they're not going to maybe know this. So, um, you, their feet should never, or like their feet should never be facing each other. Like they should be opposite. So it should be like a head here and a head there. So their feet are facing the opposite way so that they're sending their energy that they're clearing not to each other or stagger people if the room is full. But sometimes you'll see, you know, like social media freaking glorifies everything. And there's some programs out there that will just pack people in like a bunch of sardines. And that is not what I would ever recommend for somebody that's new or just in general. That that would feel very uncomfortable to me. Yeah. I think I was in a big group breathwork session, probably 500 or so people in a big, like in a, yeah, I was in like a hotel, like conference room, whatever at an event. And so there was about 500 people and 
you know, everybody's sitting on chairs to begin with, but they're like, you know, arrange yourself on the floor, however you can get. So everybody's just kind of scattered throughout the room. It was a lot of people mm-hmm. and I cannot, I cannot get into a breathwork session in that sort of an energy. So I'm literally just sitting there. I'm not, because I knew I wasn't going to be able to get into it. And just the energy that I was feeling coming towards me in this room with all of these people was so, so intense. Mm -hmm. Truly. It's so wild to me. It's not like I know a lot of people do big events and things like that, but as a facilitator, you should have the awareness to educate the people. Like no one should ever do nine minutes of breathing or more unless you have the proper setting, because anything after nine minutes is a meditative session. That's when we get into like deep breakthroughs and other people are sending their energy. And if you aren't fully protecting yourself or sensitive to people's energy, then some dark things can't happen. Like other people's can energy can enter into you and things like that. And then you might need some kind of like clearing or just a little bit of work around that. So I always say, I mean, use your own discernment, but if it's going to be more than nine minutes of breathing, you want to make sure that you're like properly spaced out. And it just makes me sad, you know, like anything in the world, I'm sure you've seen this. It's like when something becomes trending, quote unquote, and kind of like breath work, I guess, kind of has lately, people don't know what to look for, what questions to ask. So I always tell people, if you're new to this, like you, you really want to ask the right questions. You want to make sure your facilitator has the proper background. Like there's one day trainings, there's three day trainings, six weeks trainings. I went through six months and I truly believe that you, you need that time. Like how can you hold somebody's trauma and know every in and out about nervous system regulation and energy work and cord pulling? And you can't possibly know that in a three day thing. Like So you just what you want to know that whoever's holding space for you, you really feel safe with them. Because if you don't feel safe with them, you could create a rupture in your nervous system and it can ruin how you feel about breathwork going forward. And it can scare people to ever want to do it again. You know? Yeah. And I also think, I I think that this is kind of one of the problems with like the personal development space and this energetic space in general is, is so many people and i was i was on a call last night actually with somebody and we were talking about this is so many people will like bring things up or bring things up within you without giving you the proper tools to be able to actually handle it it's right. like it's like it's like this marketing where we're going to tell you all the things that you need or all the things that you need to fix or we're going to bring up all this trauma And we're going to tell you, we're going to help you fix it. But then we just kind of leave you high and dry. We just bring it all up, make you realize or recognize that it's there. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have the tools to deal with it. And they're not helping you deal with it because they don't have the tools to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And it just brings up all of this trauma and all of this pain and all of this shit that people don't know what to do with. And if you don't give them the tools to be able to move past it or move it through themselves in mm-hmm. a in a way that's like healthy and holistic you're just leaving them in a worse place than than what they were when you found them 1 million percent i always tell people and this is maybe an awful analogy but this is my favorite it's like breathwork to me and just in general doing any kind of trauma work or like anything that could activate trauma because the truth is people can say all day long i don't have trauma or i don't think there's anything more to heal we all freaking do and you may not remember it 
but it's truly like sex. Okay. Or at least it should be, or at least good sex. There should be, <laughs> for, there should be foreplay. There should be safety in the foreplay. Right. And then the climax itself is beautiful and amazing. And it's like, Oh, I'm releasing all these things, whatever. But then there's also a decline. Like there should be that integration, that embodiment and that, that slowdown. Maybe, you know, it's most people don't have sex and just get up and walk out of the room. Right. Like you sit there and you, <laughs> you lay there and you cuddle or talk or like whatever, this should be no different. But that's the problem. It's like you said, they're just pumping out people in the somatic and breathwork space. And unless you know that they have the tools to help you afterwards, yeah, it can create a rupture. So that's, it's truly so important to know who's holding space for you and to know that they're properly trained because anybody can lead a breathwork session, but not, and anybody can lead a somatic experience or inner child healing or whatever, but not everyone is trained for the after effect. Yeah. And that's where I think the downfall in, you know, what's happening right now. Yeah. So you do um, a number of different retreats throughout the year in, in different areas of the country and even the world. And mm-hmm. I saw today um, that leading up to the retreats, you actually work with these women who are going to be coming with the retreats to kind of build a safe space and create a relationship going into that experience. And I just think that's beautiful to really be able to let them know that this is a safe space and and to start that, like the building of that relationship. So they kind of feel safe going into it. it I mean, is that kind of, that's kind of your intention, wow. I assume, is just to create that safe space and and build that relationship. Yes, because, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how many, I mean, I'm sure you're seeing this too. There's a rise of retreats and I'm seeing people host these retreats and charge however much. And all they do is host the retreat. And it's like, cool, you help people move through stuff. But again, they're just stuck. So like with ours, we just think it's really important. So my partner and I host retreats together and I do do some on my own. But yeah, we host them all over the US and internationally. And we believe that to create that safety and that sisterhood and that like deep community, I want it to be a transformational experience. And I want it to feel full circle. I don't want it to just feel like a half circle experience. So we do six weeks of somatic work and life coaching on a group call. We never take more than 10 women because it's really important to us that there is this deep connection and that everyone feels really seen and heard and held leading up. So when the girls meet each other at the retreat, there's already this beautiful sisterhood. There's already this like networking that's taking place. Maybe they're on each other's podcasts after or before, like just different things, right? And they figure out how they can help each other or or whatever. And they feel safer opening up. I can't even tell you how many women like on the calls, I can tell that they have more they want to release because I will sometimes do one-on-one sessions with some of them that aren't ready to share with the group. And then when they meet in person and they start unveiling and pulling back these layers of their shit, it is so beautiful because they feel safe enough to just really go there. And it's important to me as a leader, like, I don't know about you, but I am, I am way past the age and point in my life where I want to be around surface level shit. I want to see what's at the core of the onion. Like I want to hear the depths of like your life. And then I want to go play with you and let our inner child out and be crazy and wild and have fun together. So, you know, at our retreats, we try to make healing as light and fun as possible. That's why we kind of split up the retreat to be like 50% adventure and doing epic fun shit. And then 50% is like somatic work and healing and different things like that. 
I love that. And you do different types of retreats too, right? Like you have a one-day retreat coming up and then you've got a four-day retreat and then yeah. What so what's the difference between those when you when you kind of shorten them up into one day as opposed to a, a little bit longer period of time? So Fast Track to Freedom is a one-day retreat that I do and that's the only one that's a one day that has no coaching with it. So that's for the person that's truly ready. That's already done a little bit of healing work. That's already like for done self-discovery work, like whatever, like you're just really ready to like collapse time, create a vision. Let me help you create a best next step, just full send with whatever healing modalities we're doing. Like it, it truly cracks you open. So this is for the person that has tools maybe already afterwards to cope with maybe what comes up. Or they want to do one-on-one coaching with me after for that extra support. So it's really like a huge time collapse. A lot of entrepreneurs come to the one-day ones. Um, But then the four-day ones that we do, because we do like four to six day, those all are all inclusive. They have the six weeks of coaching and we split it up into, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but this is so fun. I love doing different Retreats that have different energies. So like every retreat we do is different, but we have into the vortex, which is in the desert. We have into the flow, which is by the ocean. And then we have into the wild, which could really be anywhere, but you can expect like wildlife, adrenaline rush, like just crazy fun stuff. Um, So that's kind of the vibe. So we always do those three retreats every single year, but we put them in different locations. And it's interesting because you'll see like, well, you know, when I'm in the desert, I lead in one energy. Like I, I just gravitate to a certain energy and the women that are there, you'll see a different energy be brought out in them. Like for example, my partner gets insanely wild in the desert, like just high energy, fire energy, like as nuts. You would think like she had 10 expressos. And then <laughs> I'm in the desert. I feel like a, like, I don't know, a reptile or something. And I just want to like bask in the sun and lay still. And I like, can't move. And I like just receive. And that's like my energy. But then when I'm by the water, oh my gosh, then I'm the one that's like 10 espressos deep and just wild and thriving. And she is so chill and barely says two words. So it's just fun to see the different energies that the girls have because they bring different healing elements too. That is so cool. I kind of want to go to every single one of them. <laughs> oh, no, everyone. It's funny because most girls do. Most women in our community come to at least two retreats a year or more because they all are so different. And it's so fun. Like who doesn't love to be surrounded by people that don't judge you and you can just pour your shit and move on and adventure and play together. Like it's just a good time. I love that. I, I really never paid attention to kind of how my energy reacts differently in like near the water or in the desert, but I feel like, I feel like I'm very, uh, I'm a lot calmer near the water. Like I need to be near water every day, um, Mm -hmm. in order to just kind of get grounded. And I wonder, I haven't spent as much time in the desert, but I wonder if, I wonder if that would be like my, my energetic space. (laughs) Yeah, it is for so many people. It's always so funny because you can see right away, like We can see what women are going to like just zonk out and want to like lay on the red rocks during like a somatic experience we may lead them through. And you can see the ones that are going to want to literally like our last retreat in Sedona last year, 
since that's where that one is at, sometimes we repeat Sedona since Kelsey is upset. It's Sedona. I mean, <laughs> right. It's like, it's like just the epitome of like healing and you're in the vortex energy. She literally, we were all sitting there doing like a meditation and afterwards she climbed to the top of a mountain that I swear would have taken hours. And she was like, energizer bunny up it in two seconds. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> It's so fun to see the different energies. So I'd be excited to see like what, how your, how your body reacts to it. I have a solo retreat scheduled for Sedona for next September. So I'm going to Sedona for a week over the last full moon of the summer. Oh, wow. So that would be intense. I, I'm going to be there for a week all by myself. I'm super excited. Uh, the house that I'm staying at has a really cool like patio area with a yoga deck that kind of looks out over the rocks. It's so yeah. pretty. I'm so excited. I've never Aww. been there, but You're I'm so love excited. It. Well, you'll have to follow along our journey for all of the like tips and places we go. We always try to take people to like spots that the locals, that only the locals know about. Oh, and cool. we do like a vortex tour there. It's pretty cool. I really want to do like a, like a moonlight, um, tour or hike or whatever they do. I know they take groups out on the full moon and and hike after dark in the rocks, which I'm super wanting to do. You can literally feel the energy. It's insane. Like if you just stand there, your body starts to like sway with the earth. It, it is nuts. I can't even fully put words to it. Similar to breath work, like just being in. And if no one's heard of like vortex energy, there's different ones like all over the US and all over the world, but there's some that are way more important um, potent than others. And one of those being Sedona, it's just such a powerful, like energetic place. And you can literally just feel the energy pulsating through you in ways that you maybe never noticed before. And it's crazy because every time we do a retreat, there something huge changes in our life. And we have this huge expansion and it usually happens for our retreat attendees that come to, it's just crazy how healing Sedona can be. That is so cool. I kind of, because it's scheduled for September, I keep looking at like, do I want to go before September and like <laughs> check it out and see where I want to go and have everything kind of planned out before I go in September? Like I'm kind of thinking I might have to go there before. Well, come with us in April, girl. We got it all mapped <laughs> out. <laughs> that would be so cool. I might have to, I might have Truly. to. Really? It's going to be, it's going to be incredible. The house that we just booked had like we usually, we don't always book like the same Airbnb, but we've been there and done seven retreats in Sedona now at this point. And so this one has a deck that kind of wraps around. So you were right in the red rocks for this one. So the stars that are like, like, it's just insane. And then the Creek runs like right through the backyard. I'm like, this is literally the most like epic retreat house we've had in Sedona because it incorporates like all of the element elements and nature to like the fullest extent. That is so cool. I just, I feel this draw to that area. And I know like in the next like three or four years, I plan to move to Arizona. Oh, wow. And I was, I was gonna, like, I was gonna move to Phoenix and I'm, I mean, that's still obviously an option, but I keep, feeling like maybe Sedona is the place. And I know it's so much more expensive there than Phoenix, but I just keep looking at real estate and like where it's at and, and where it's at in the rocks. And it's just so cool. I'm so intrigued and I'm so drawn, drawn to that area. 
You know what they say? I don't know if you've heard this, but they say that when you're really drawn to an area, like there's something special there for you, like something big is going to change in your life when you go there. I bet like when you're drawn to an area, something huge shifts. So I'll give you an example. My partner and I met in in, Sedona in San Diego. And she said like leading up, she was like, oh my God. She's like, I just had this huge draw to go to San Diego. And I didn't know why, because she doesn't even necessarily love being by the water like I do. And we met there at like the same exact time. And she was like, oh my God, you were like that, that big thing, that big draw that I needed. So it's just, it's always funny because something huge always happens when we have a nudge to go somewhere. It's always for some deeper meeting than we ever knew. So I can't wait to see what it is for you. I, me too. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I absolutely love the story of you finding your way to San Diego because you started well, you started by moving to Phoenix, right? Like you were yeah. from the Midwest and I'm from the Midwest. I'm in Nebraska, but you yeah. moved to Phoenix just up and moved. Yeah. Oh my God. I, I'll i never forget this. I wrote out, you know how like on paper or like as kids, we'd like put things in a hat or like in you would draw. So I like wrote out Arizona, Texas, California, and there was a fourth one, but I literally never can remember what it was. So I don't know. <laughs> Um, but I drew Arizona and that was when like, I, my family was like, you're going to Arizona. And I was like, yeah, I'm moving there. And they're like, you've never even been. And I was like, yes, I have. Like, I love it. Mind you, I had never been. And my mom (laughs) fully knew I was lying, but I didn't want to sound completely irrational. I was like, yes, duh. Like, of course had no idea what was there and went to Phoenix. And that was like my thing. Like, I don't know why I had a nudge to go there. I don't know why I pulled it. But then I went there. I was only there for three months, broke my lease, bought an RV, traveled the world. <laughs> and then I met Kelsey and, and landed in California for a while. So, you know, full circle moment. That's such a cool story. Did you um did you find yourself in Denver at, at one point? Is how did you meet Katie? Yeah. So Katie was actually a one-on-one client of Kelsey's. So my partner Kelsey used to do a lot of one-on-one coaching. She does somatic work, inner child healing, like we both do this now. Um, so she's been doing it for two years longer than I had. So she was working with Katie and I knew Katie was from the Midwest. And I was like, I feel like I would like your client, Katie. And, um, we were just like talking about it randomly. They finished working together right when we were leaving San Diego to move to Denver. Now, mind you, we did the same thing again. We were like, where do we want to move? Okay. Well, what, what's important to us? Because we were in California in the RV. We had just sold her RV and we were in the process of selling mines. We were like, okay, we got to put roots somewhere. And California was expensive. We're like, let's try something new. We're like, well, we like the mountains and we do retreats everywhere. Like maybe we should go to Denver. We had never been to Denver. Like I had went to a ski resort once, but I only flew in for that. Like I had never actually, I didn't know anything about Denver. We signed a lease virtually that we hadn't even seen the apartment (laughs) and moved to Denver. And that was when like Katie transitioned from being her client to her friend slash our friend. And we would meet all the time and like the three of us hang out. And so we got really close because we lived there for like a year and a half and would just hang out a lot. And we had a lot of the same interests and we're go-getters. And then she started having me lead breathwork in her community. And we've stayed close since I moved from Denver to Texas. 
And what brought you to Texas? Just another like <laughs> another, on, another, another that? <laughs> something we do, we pro- we do this once a month. I know a lot of people do this quarterly, but something I love to do is like sitting down and I call it like taking energetic inventory. So I'll sit down and I evaluate like who who is like draining my energy or what is draining my energy? What's exciting me? What's lighting me up? Just kind of going through my entire life, relationship, friends, where I live, what's important to me, my morals and values, because they shift so much because I'm always evolving and doing like deep work. So just so much changes so damn fast. Um, And so one month we were like assessing and we're like, we really miss family. Like I miss family so much. And now my family's all in Ohio. I, my whole past is there. My ex-husband is there. My whole life was there. So I was like, I'm not going back to Ohio. So we're like, okay, well maybe we'll go to Texas. It's like in the middle. We can get over to the Midwest if we want. We could get back to um, the West Coast, but really like her family we're really close with. And I didn't want to, you know, do Easter alone and do all the holidays alone. And like, there's just little moments. I'm like, you know, we had everything. Like we had the adventure, we had the cool apartment, we had the businesses that we wanted, like all the things. But when you don't have somebody to share with, sometimes it gets like a little bit lonely. And although we had community, it just wasn't the same as sharing things with family. So that was ultimately our our decision to come to Texas. But I'm sure you know, there's like, you actually can't, like Texas is a huge state. And we realized <laughs> that we can't actually get to all the adventurous things we do as often. So we've had to be really intentional and prioritize things differently to make sure that we never stop traveling and exploring the world. I love that. I love the practice of taking an energetic inventory. It's so funny. So much changes. People might think you're crazy. So definitely have friends and people in your circle that are used to you changing because our friends will call us and be like, okay, what are you guys changing this month? Like they're so (laughs) used to us doing that. And actually we just made a big change recently too. So we're going to be in Texas. This is where our roots are, but we're also going to be bi-coastal in California and spend four to six months out of the year in San Diego, where we originally met since that's like super near and dear to our hearts. Um, so we'll be doing that and looking at some rental properties that we're looking to invest in. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Maybe I, wind up in Arizona with you at one point again. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I really want to be, I really want to be in Arizona part of the year. And I really want to be up in like northern Minnesota area on the water for oh, another yeah. part of the year. Cause I kind of grew up like spending my summers there, you know, as a kid and into, I mean, even now as an adult, my whole entire family, my parents, my sisters, all the grandkids, we all go up to Minnesota in the summertime and we stay on a big lake and a big house all together, Mm -hmm. which is a lot, (laughs) That's fun though. but it's fun. It's fun. And I would really love to kind of have a permanent place up there you know, Mm -hmm. and not have to look for a place every single summer and just have a permanent place and be able to go for even longer than, you know, just a month. Totally. So Arizona, you're wanting to go. Why a few years? You don't think you'll leap and go sooner? Well, the thing with that is my youngest kid is in high school and he wants to Mm -hmm. finish high school here. So he has three years left of high school. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. We have fur babies. All of our, all of our babies are (laughs) dogs and, and cats as of right now. You know, my, my whole entire, like the last 24 years of my life, I've been raising kids. And so I had convinced myself I couldn't make any major changes because I'm a single parent and I'm raising kids and I can't 
uproot them from their families and all of these things. And it's just really been over the past few years in, you know, I've been in this personal development space for 10, 12 years, but it's, it's like just over the past maybe two to three years that I've really, really gotten deep enough to Mm -hmm. actually remember who I am, you know? Yeah, It's like you can do all of this work at a cognitive level and think that you're getting deep, but it isn't until you do, you know, the sorts of things that we're doing now, like getting into the breathwork space, getting into the somatic space and getting out of your head that you really start to get reconnected with who you are. Mm -hmm. And so it's really just been over the past few years that I've kind of come to this place where I'm starting to open up my mind to these options that I never thought were options before. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's so powerful too, that you said that because it's like, it's funny, you know, obviously we both have podcasts, but it's like, sometimes people get so caught up when they first start personal development. It starts with like podcasts and books and, and whatever. And it's like, we can do all of those things, but at some point, where is the change? Are we bridging the gap or are we just information dumping? And it's like information overload on what the change But like you said, it doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't have to be, you know, moving across the country and some big thing. But the biggest thing that we can do for ourselves is remembering who we are. And that starts in the body like that. that, And I think so many people outsource that and and think they have to like externally figure it out when it's really all of the internal work where we start to remember pieces of who we are. And we're like, oh my gosh. And that's when we start to take our power back and the work that just lights me up in this world because it's like there's nothing more rewarding to me than watching a woman remember who they are and step into their truth and not have to wear a mask and get to be so authentic and just like you thrive. Like it's undeniable. Like you just have a different glow to you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that when you get into that space, it's a lot easier to recognize other people who are also in that space where Mm -hmm. before it's, it's, a lot of the lines are kind of blurred, you know, like you get into these spaces with people and and you're not quite sure where they are, but you can't really put words to how you come to this place of recognizing that energy of people that are kind of at that same frequency. Yeah. I always say it's like, you can't unlearn. Like once you do the deep work, you never unlearn it. And then you're so sensitive to energies, but in a beautiful way that everything becomes more clear who you surround yourself with, who you're in a relationship, what you'll tolerate, your boundaries, your about like all of that becomes easy. And it isn't, it isn't hard anymore. There's no like second guessing. Like you said, there's no more blurred lines. It's very clear and evident. And so like with the energetic inventories, like that's super supportive because every month you're checking in on those things of like, did any of the lines get blurred? Do I need to reestablish? Yeah, because the work is never done. Like we're always in the work, but it's it's like when you have this, this energetic component and you have this additional depth to where you've gone as you do this work. It, it just, it carries so much more weight and you can dig even deeper. Like I can go back to the things that I did 10 or 12 years ago and it means something completely different to me now than it did then when I did it the first time. Yes, absolutely. I can't agree more. Yeah. Jordan, this was awesome. I loved this conversation. If people want to connect with you, follow you, join a retreat, do your, what do you do? How do we find you? How do we work with you? 
I love this. Um, well, one, thank you so much for having me. I could talk about this stuff all day long. So I just actually revamped our website and all the things. I'm super excited about it. You can find me on Instagram or Facebook um, at Jordan Alexis Nolan. And in there, you'll see my website that has the links for the retreats. You can apply through there. Um, my podcast link is in there. Um, and all of the work that I do, if you want to do a breathwork session virtually in person, any of the things, if any of this inspired you, excited you, or you just want to reach out and connect, um, that is the best way. And my email's in there as well. Awesome. I will leave all the links in the show notes. Any final words that you want to say that you didn't get a chance to say? Hmm. I just always say, and I wish someone would have reminded me sooner is that you don't have to do this alone. Like, you know, we always, we think that there's so much pride, or at least I did being Enneagram me. Like I thought that there was so much pride in carrying all the weight alone. And I almost wore it like a badge of honor. And at some point it's just, it's not a badge of honor and it's an identity. And so just reminding anyone listening, um, that you don't have to do this journey alone. And there are good people out there. If you've been burned or if this space, um, you know, felt hard before it doesn't have to healing doesn't have to be heavy. And this gets to be a fun journey of truly remembering who you are. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to realign with your purpose. My intention is that the messages I share here in this podcast help you experience a mindset shift as well as actual transformation and growth. If you found value in today's episode, please share it with a friend so they can experience the growth and transformation that you found in these messages. Or take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. And be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for spreading the message and encouraging everyone to believe in themselves and their dreams. And if anything I talked about today really spoke to you, send me a DM because I would love the opportunity to have a conversation with you. As always, it's been an honor to share this time with you today. And until next time, you got this. Let's go. Cool.